Okay, let, let's come to the word this morning. And uh, before we start, one thing I want to say is uh, if you have a Bible or some access to scripture electronically, lift it up. So let us see it. Okay, because you've got to look into the word as I share, as I preach. Okay, you've got the Bible. And uh, you, you may, uh, the other thing is, do you, do you have a, a, a notebook or something where you can write down things? You know, whenever we listen to the word, it's, you don't have to take down everything that's said, but as we hear the word of God preached, we need to remember it's not a, it's not a man preaching, but it is the word of God coming through a man or a woman. Okay, so and oftentimes God will speak to us through this and, and we need to note down stuff so that we are edified, we are blessed when that happens. Nawaz just shut that door. I think it's echoing here. Mom has opened the door and coming. Okay, so let's come to God's word this morning. Now, we, we've been going through the Old Testament, and last week we were wonderfully served by Asha and Shoma. Okay, I, I want to just give them, a, give them a big hand. Okay, and it, it's, it's so, you know, it, it's so blessed to see that we have a, a company of people in our midst who have been trained and equipped and are gifted to share God's word. All right, and, and previous to that, we had Debbie and Abhishek. So we, we are blessed. It's wonderful. And uh, as the word of God increases, really the kingdom of God increases as well. So, so last week, we, we, the, the, when we met together, we, we, uh, we went through Genesis chapter 13. Just to remind you, we are going through the Old Testament. And, uh, um, and in Genesis chapter 13, this is where we left off. We had uh, Abraham and, and uh, Lot and Sarah who had been in Egypt. Okay, they, moved, they came back out of Egypt. And when they left Egypt, they were exceedingly wealthy. They had, you know, they had Lot, Abraham had Lot with him. Not just Lot, but lots of other things as well. Okay, because Genesis chapter 13 says, says uh, chapter 12 says this, uh, verse 16. Genesis chapter 12 verse 16 says, He treated Abraham well for her sake, and Abraham acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maid servants, and camels. So Abraham had, was wealthy. And Lot, and, and you know the amazing thing, it wasn't just Abraham was wealthy, Lot was also wealthy. Okay, the promises of blessing were given to Abraham. Lot tagged along. And he also was blessed. Look at Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13 verse 5 says, Now Lot, who was moving about with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents. Now, as was shared the last time, the, the, the problem that they faced was that they had too much blessing. It's not that they had less and they were fighting over it. They had so much blessing. So he says, But the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great that they were not, well, they were not able to stay together. And uh, we, we learned last week of how Lot and Abraham separated. And, uh, and we saw that Lot saw the wonderful green fertile plains of the Jordan. And he chose and he saw with his physical eyes and he went and stayed there. But he disregarded a very important fact. And the fact was in Genesis 13, verse 13. Genesis 13, verse 13, which says, Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. 
Okay? So he chose material possessions, he saw with his eyes, and he disregarded his own spiritual well-being and health. Okay, and, uh, and, and Abraham met with God after that, and, and God said to him, and God said to him, lift up your eyes and see, look east, look west, look north and south, everything you see I'm going to give you, even what Lord had there. Okay, go and walk the length and breadth of the land, I'm going to give it to you. Okay, so that, that was where we left off last time. And so now we're going to get into Genesis 14 this morning. You know, in the world there are two kinds of people. We can categorize the whole world into two kinds of people. You've got believers and unbelievers. Absolutely, that's how it is. And uh, we're doing the doctrine of salvation in IDT. And uh, we're... We are, in, we are studying about how does one come to faith and other interesting things. And I want to say, hey, don't miss out on this as we, deep, as we dive deep into the great truths of Scripture. So if you've not been to an IDT, come this, this, this afternoon after lunch at 2 o'clock. Okay, so in Genesis, so, the, so, that is, so there are two kinds of people in the world. What about the church? Okay, in the church, we also have two kinds of people. There are believers and there are unbelievers, or rather not yet believers. Now, we want to welcome people who have not yet put their faith in Christ in, at Word of Grace Church. And we say, welcome, come, look in, hear the word, enjoy the worship, be touched by the presence of God. And, you know, God will work in your life. And one day, we hope soon, you will make a decision and a commitment to follow Jesus. And... Uh, I just want to say that one such person was my mother-in-law, Nini. She's with us this morning. She was from a Parsi background. She married my father-in-law, who was a Christian or from a Christian background, and they attended a church for 11 years. Now, she, she, she was clear. I'm a Parsi, all right? And, but she brought the kids to church, and she loved the singing. She didn't attend for one year or two years. She attended for 11 years. 11 years accompanying the family to worship. And then God touched her heart and she got saved. Today, she's been saved for I don't know how many years. So that's 81, 91, uh, 50 years or so. Okay, And at the age of 83, she is going strong as a Christian. I'll tell you how strong. She is faithful in prayer. Every meeting that we have, not just at Word of Grace Church, but she's also, uh, you know, has connections with her church back in Mumbai. So she attends uh, the gym meetings here, the gym meetings there. Even the Sunday worship, she's uh, in that worship in the morning just for a little bit, and then she joins us. And last week, you know, we had three days prayer and fasting. Think about it. Did you, how many of us prayed and fasted last week? Nini is one person who fasted for those three days, 83 years old, faithful in prayer, faithful in pursuing the things of God. So, so, so for people who are not yet believers, yeah, let them come in. We welcome them. We love them. And uh, one day we hope they'll end up like Nini, committing their lives to Jesus and going on for the kingdom of God. But also in the church, we have believers. And there are two types of believers. Okay, and these two types of believers are uh, are are, uh, 
are, are represented, I believe, in Genesis 14 in Abraham and Lot. Okay, Abraham and Lot. So we will look at what kind of a believer was Abraham and what kind of a believer was Lot. So in the church, you can have two kinds of believers. Now, there are shades of both, but we'll, we'll look at them this morning and see what kind of believers they are. So let's just pray this, this morning. Father, we thank you for your word, which is living, which is eternal, Lord. Thank you that your word has power to transform us. Your word has power to comfort us. Your word has pow the power to change us. Thank you that your word is spirit, Lord. Lord, as I speak, may your anointing be upon me. Bring to remembrance all that I've prepared. Help me to share clearly as I should. And may your anointing be upon us to open our eyes and our minds and our hearts that we would be transformed by this. In, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I want us to remember what, what, what we shared at the beginning of the series. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse uh, six, 6 or onwards. Okay, first, that the Old Testament, you know, speaking about the Old Testament, Paul, Paul, Paul writes, Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. And uh, jumping down to verse 11, it says, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. So it's so important that we read not only the Old Testament, uh, the New Testament, but also the Old Testament. Because Paul says these things were written down, that's the whole, all of the Old Testament, as examples and warnings for us. So let's listen with care as we listen, as, as we look at Abraham and Lot this morning. So as I said, Abraham and Lot represent Two different kinds of believers that you would find in any church. Now, if you look at the life of Lot, you say, was Lot a believer? You know, he, he didn't seem very believer-like if you look at it. He chose to live near Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, he, he not only lived near there, later on we find that he moved into the city and was living with people that were wicked beyond, beyond description. You know, if, you, if you read on into Genesis 19, where Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed, you see the wickedness in that city. Okay? And I say, is, was Abraham a believer? Yeah, you know, there's not much evidence in the Old Testament to show that Abraham was a believer. Lot. Sorry, that, sorry, my mistake. Lot. Abraham was definitely a believer. He was the father of the faithful. But there was not much evidence in the Old Testament to show that Lot was a believer. But in the New Testament, we have one verse that speaks up for Lot. Okay? 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 to 8 says this. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And verse 7 talks about Lot. And he says, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless. For that righteous man, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Three times in, that, in those two verses, Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Lot 
was a righteous man. So we know that Lot was a believer just like Abraham was. But, but really, if you look at Lot, you know, he, his being a believer was, was not, you know, uh, his lifestyle really was not that great. In fact, somebody said this, Abraham was the father of the faithful, but Lot was the father of all such as are scarcely saved. So here is my point to you. In the church, we have two kinds of believers. Both are righteous. Just a point there. Do you know how righteous you are? Let me ask you a question. Who is more righteous? You or Jesus? <laughs> we are as righteous as Jesus. All right. Who is that? Well done. Who, who said that? Someone attended IDT. <laughs> Sunit. Well done, Sunit. <laughs> okay, so that's the amazing thing. You know, if you come to IDT, you'll understand that. You, if you're a believer, you're as righteous as Jesus. Because that's positionally. His righteousness has been imputed to you. Okay? But, but, but practically, we are still outworking our conformity to become more like Jesus. Anyway, so Lot was a righteous man. But... Although he was a believer, he wasn't, did look like he was a very strong believer. Okay, because number one, he chose to live next to wicked Sodom. That's number one. Uh, before that, was he parted with Abraham. He should have just lived in peace and tried to just live with Abraham. But he left a spiritual inheritance and he walked off to make his own life. What a sad decision. That's bad decision number one. Bad decision number two, he chose to live next to the wicked city of Sodom. Bad decision number two. Bad decision number three is as we look at this story, after all that he went through, he didn't learn his lessons. Okay? He went back to live in Sodom. And finally, he had to leave where the city was completely destroyed. You know, and, you know, and what Lot missed out on? Okay? This is what he missed out on. He missed out on a glorious legacy. The descendants of Abraham, we are all the descendants of Abraham. As many as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore and the dust on the earth. Lot, and, and, and we are a blessing to the world. Lot's descendants were the Moabites and the Ammonites. And these guys were a thorn in the flesh to the Israelites. Okay? So Lot started out well. He left a horrible legacy that meant nothing. Okay? But he was a believer. Okay? And uh, in the church, there are two kinds of believers. And I will call them the following. Okay? You have believers who are spiritual believers, who are led by the Spirit. And you have believers who are sensual believers, who are led by their senses. The Bible also calls them carnal Christians. It calls them fleshly Christians. And as we go through this message this morning, you know, you've got to ask yourself, Lord, am I living by the Spirit? Am I a spiritual, Spirit-filled, Spirit-led believer? Or am I a carnal? Am I a babe in Christ? Am I a living by the flesh or living by my senses? Okay? And, and this is very important that we do this. Because Paul says this. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. 
Paul says. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. Brothers, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. That's one kind of believers who live by the Spirit. But as people who are still worldly or carnal or fleshly, mere infants in Christ. How do we know the two? Lot lived with his physical eyes, his senses. He saw what looked good and he chose that. Okay, Abraham followed with his spiritual eyes. Okay, he followed the promises of God. Now, how come Lot made these unwise choices even though he was a believer? Think about it. You know, the, the Bible three times says he was righteous, he was tormented by the wickedness that he saw in Sodom. My simple thing to him was, you know, if you were tormented, why did you continue living there? You should have moved out. You know, if there was so much wickedness and sin there. And here's a theory I want to put up to you. Perhaps it was the influence of his wife. Perhaps. Okay? Because the, the, wife, the Bible doesn't say anything about his wife. I'll tell you what it says about his wife. Uh, anybody remember what happened to Lot's wife? She looked back and she died. She looked back she, and she became a pillar, she became of, a pillar of salt. Pillar of salt. Okay? So we're going ahead of us, but, but this is what Lot's wife did. When the, uh, this is all going further into the next few chapters, but when... Uh, when Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, the angels came to Lot and said, leave this place with your family. Don't look back. Just move away from there. And it says that they left Lot, his two daughters and his wife. He says, but when Sodom and Gomorrah were being destroyed, Lot's wife looked back. Okay, remember the instruction was don't look back. And some commentators said the... the the, uh, that looking back was not just glancing, but was looking back with longing at what was there. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Okay, so what can we learn about Lot? What can we learn about this? So remember, two types of believers. Spiritual, carnal. Okay, or who are led by the senses. The Bible speaks about this kind, these kind of believers also in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. If you look at further down, it talks about people who are saved as though by fire. He says, what they have built is all burnt up and they are saved as if by fire. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15. Okay, we're just skimming through all these things. He says, he says, if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. This is talking about spiritual believers. But he says, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Okay? Lot is a perfect example of this. Okay? Everything he had built was burnt up, literally, in Sodom and Gomorrah. He just escaped by the skin of his teeth. And sadly... In, in the church today, in Word of Grace, there are these two kinds of believers. Those who have the faith of Abraham and those who just want to get by with as little as possible. All right? And uh, so, so here, here's my thing. So we, so we can say, okay, it, it, Lot's wife may have been, may have been, a dominating influence there and Abraham and Lot was not strong enough to stand up to it so I want to address this this morning this is in your marriage okay you may have a husband and wife and one could be spiritual the other could be sensual uh, or uh, carnal 
Who is the dominating part influence in that marriage? We've got to be careful that we are, we are focusing on the spiritual in our lives. Okay? And you may be saying, well, you know, my husband is not interested in coming for prayer. You come for prayer. You know, you can fast. You can do the things that need to be done. Each one has to answer to God for themselves. Maybe you're not married. Maybe you have friends. Okay, who are your close friends? Are they within the community of believers? Or are they people like Lot joined up with Sodom and Gomorrah, leaving aside Abraham? Who are your friendships? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Okay, so birds, of, there's a saying that says, birds of a feather flock together. You are known by the company you keep. What does this mean? Does it mean we shouldn't make friends with the world? Absolutely not. We, we've got to have friends in the world because they can see the light of Christ in us and we can build bridges to share the gospel. So we've got to have friends with the world. But if all your time is spent with people in the world, all your close friendships are with people in the world, you know, Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot. In fact, Jesus himself says in, uh, in Luke 17, 32, Remember Lot's wife. So, what should we do? My, my, my thing to you is this. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5 says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves. Okay. So did I say First, first Corinthians, um, not 13, that was the wrong reference. Uh, I, I can't find it. Anyway, the reference says, examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Okay. Examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. And we need to check ourselves and say, am I in the faith? Am I like, am I like Abraham? Sorry, it's 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. My mistake, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. And we look at that. Now, this is Paul. He's writing to believers. Okay, not unbelievers. He's saying 13, verse 5. He says this. He says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. All right? And so we need to see, look at our lives from time to time and says, really? Am I, am I truly following Christ? If somebody looked at my life, is there evidence that I love God, that I'm abiding in Him, that I'm choosing the people of God. You know, there wasn't much evidence in Lot's life that he was a believer. Okay, we would never have guessed he was a believer unless Peter had told us. Okay, so so that is my uh, first thing to us this morning: that two types of believers in the church, spiritual and carnal. We'll look at the spiritual in a bit, but the carnal believers are like Lot. Lot is a perfect picture of that. Okay, He was miserable where he lived because he was surrounded by sin. He made wrong decisions and he made wrong decisions multiple times. It wasn't just once, he made it again, even after he was rescued, as we'll look, look further on here. Who, in a, in a marriage situation... Yeah, you're not in that sense responsible for your spouse, but you're responsible for yourself. Okay. What are some of the characteristics of a sensual Christian, carnal Christian? This is, this is one of them. 
you know they live not out of conviction but they live out of convenience not out of conviction but out of convenience so if you say hey we're having a prayer meeting oh six o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning ah it's too early for me so it's convenience all right out of conviction it says no matter what time it is i want to be there for prayer okay so it's conviction and there's convenience so examine yourself are you living a life out of conviction out of convenience okay and uh are you allowing your fleshly desires to influence you? Are you saying, I'm going to beat my body, put it to death, and I'm going to live by faith? Okay. Sam shared this word this morning. You know, are you happy with your spiritual life, with your walk with God? And I feel that's God speaking to us. For each one of us to ask us that question, to shake us up, to say, listen, examine yourselves. Are you happy? Is this... Are you living by the spirit? Are you living by the flesh? Okay. Uh, I'll tell you, my, my disappointment. We, we, have, we have the evening of worship, the living room. Beautiful time, one hour a week, just enjoying worship. Except for the, the people, the leadership team, there's almost nobody else who attends. That's a great disappointment. Okay. You know, it's also true for prayer. We have prayer meetings and largely it's the leadership team. You know, we have an impact group. They're the ones who are attending with one or two others. I already mentioned Nini, you know, and, and Debbie and Selena. These are the ones who come in. But the rest of the church is absent. Okay? As your pastor this morning, brothers and sisters, I want to urge you. The, 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 the story of Lot and his wife is there as an example and a warning for us. Lot was a believer, but he lost everything and he left a horrible legacy. The Ammonites and the Moabites. Is that what you want? No. God has better plans for you. Great plans for you. But you have to make a choice. You've got to be intentional and say, I will not live by convenience. I will live by conviction. I will push through. As Paul said, I beat my body, make it my slave to pursue the things of God. Let's jump back into our story in, 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 uh, Abra in Genesis 14. Okay, so the story is very simple. It's Lot was living in Sodom and there were four, there were five kings there that had been subject to King Cato. His name is too long to mention it, but they were subject to him and probably had to pay tribute to him. Okay, and... Uh, and these five kings, if you look at it um, in, uh, in, in chapter 14, verse 1, okay, and uh, verse 3, it says, All these latter kings joined forces in the valley of Sidon, the Salt Sea. For 12 years they had been subject to King Cato, but in the 13th year they rebelled. Okay, they said, enough is enough. We don't want to be subject to King Cato. We are we're rebelling. We're not giving you your tribute. The next year, in the 14th year, King Cato and, and the kings allied with him went out and defeated these five kings. All right, and they conquered the whole territory and, as, and they, they took people, they took possessions, and because Lot was living there, he also was taken captive. Now, think about it four kings defeated five kings, 
all right? In their own, on their own, on their own home turf. Okay, how how could that be? Well, we we have a clue to that in Exodus chapter 16, verses 49 to 50. Okay, Exodus chapter 16. Sorry, not Exodus. Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 49 to 50 tells us what the people of Sodom were like. It says. Ezekiel chapter 16 verses 49 to 50 says this. Now this was the sin of your younger sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. So what we see is that the people of Sodom could not fight. They were overfed. Convenience, comfort, that's what they, they, they focused on. Okay? And they could not defend themselves. They did not pay heed to the poor and the needy. Okay? And they were proud, you know, haughty. Sometimes we can be proud in our Christian heritage. You know? but, but we say, listen, we've got to walk in humility. Okay? Walk in humility. And they did detestable things. They did not put away the sin that was there in their lives. Okay, so, uh, so the story is these four kings defeated these five kings. They took possessions, they took the booty, and they took people as captives. And uh, verse 13 of chapter 14 in, in Genesis, Genesis 14 verse 13 says, One who had escaped came and reported this to Abraham the Hebrew. Okay, so somebody who escaped came and told Abraham, Lot, your nephew, his family, his possessions have all been captured by King Cato. And this is what Abraham did. Okay? Now, Abraham was living, uh, this is in verse 13, was living near the great trees of Mamre the Amorite, a brother of Eshcol and Anar, all of whom were allied with Abraham. Okay? And this is what Abraham did. When Abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. This is what Abraham did. He had 318 men, it says, who had been born in his house and would be been trained in his house. Okay, that, that's a wonderful picture. And what they were able to do is the, Abraham and his three allies were able to go. They, they, it says they went as far as Dan, which is 180 kilometers away. Can you imagine how much they traveled? Okay, and during the night, that speaks of conviction. Okay, not convenient. They didn't say, oh, we've traveled so long. It's late in the night. Let me go to sleep. We'll fight the battle tomorrow. No, during the night, they attacked these four kings and they rescued Lot and the possessions and the people. Okay, so what we like to say there is a, is a couple of things. One is Abraham had... 318 men born and trained in his family. And, uh, you know, the spiritual picture for that is this. If we want to be spiritually fit, we need men and women in the church who will be trained in, not in physical warfare, but in spiritual warfare. Who will be able to fight mighty battles and do great exploits on their knees in proclaiming the gospel. We need men and women like that at Word of Grace Church. Okay, uh, 
If you read the newspapers, you'll see that throughout the world, there are authoritarian regimes that are in power and who are doing anything with disregard and with complete disregard to the law. It's injustice, it's unfair, it is evil. What's going to stop the evil that is increasing in the world? You know, just to give you a small example, in, uh, in North Korea, okay, in North Korea, one person came through the border from China. Once one North Korean who had gone to China comes to the border and, uh, and, and infiltrates and comes into North Korea. And he's there for some time and then he catches COVID and has to go to the government and then he's exposed. You know what the North Koreans did? The whole company of soldiers who were in charge of the border have been sent to prison. Okay? They've been in prison for 10 years. Not only that, their families have all been taken and put into correctional camps. Okay? Because one person infiltrated the border. Now, there's so much evil, so much injustice going on in the world and in our country as well. You just have to read the newspapers. Friends, we've got to fight back the forces of evil. See, Abraham did that. He didn't care about his comfort. He didn't care about his life. Yeah, he could have said, Lot has left me. Forget him. I'm not risking my life to get him back. But he, he gathered his allies. They sacrificed. They went forward. They fought a mighty battle. Okay? We are called to do the same thing. These are written as examples for us. Okay? We are not called to fight with guns and knives. We are called to fight and push back the forces of evil on our knees as we continue to do good, as we continue to proclaim the word of God. Okay, and, and then we see that at the end of the story, we're running out of time to just say that Abraham rescued Lot and his possessions, and that was it. So we won't go further on there, but just to say that Abraham is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ there. Okay, we spoke this morning about people in need and how God will come and rescue us. You know, and that, that's who our Jesus is. Now think about it. Lot was living in Sodom. He had chosen the wrong path. But God did not desert him even then. Okay, God went. He sent Abraham to rescue him and, and bring him back. And today, whatever situation we are in, God is there to help us. He's there to rescue us. But I want to urge us this morning. Let's just think for a minute and say, what kind, first of all, am I a believer? If you're a believer, fantastic. Remember, you are as righteous as Christ. Great. If you're not yet a believer, I want to urge you, today is the day of salvation. Put your trust in Jesus. Okay? He's the only one who died on the cross for your sins and can save you. Trust in Him. Believe in Him. Call upon His name. Now, if you're a believer, remember, are you, examine yourself and say, are you a spiritual believer, living by the Spirit, or are you living by your senses, a carnal believer? Okay. And how do you know which one you are? Don't assume. Examine yourselves in the Bible and say, what are the signs in me? Am I a person who loves the things of God? That's where the Spirit of God will lead us. Am I a person who's into prayer? Am I a person who is... You know, who, who, who is into the word of God? Am I feeding on it regularly? And not just 
reading one verse, but am I growing in my love and knowledge of the word? Am I interested in studying God's word? Am I interested in, in, in building relationships with the people of God? Okay? Or are my friends all in the world? Okay? Am I interested in, in unity in the church? You know, when we say prayer, fasting, giving, am I part of that? Or am I living by convenience rather than by conviction? Yeah. I, I want to suggest, you know, for, those of, for those who are already, who consider themselves spiritual, I'll say, well done. Continue and increase more and more and more. For those who are carnal, this is the, this is the day of salvation. This is the day of turning around. And I say to you, you know, repent and just say, Lord, I come back to you. Okay. So let, let's pray this morning. Can we bow our heads together? God's grace is upon us. If we are believers, His grace enabling power is there to overcome every sin and to pursue the things of God because He's got a great plan for our lives. So let's pray. Father, we thank You because You have chosen us to be part of Your great family. Lord, I pray that You would touch our hearts this morning each one of us, that we would not be carnal-minded. We would not live by our senses, but we would live by conviction. We would live by faith. Lord, help us to choose even the hard things and bring glory to you, Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, we need your grace to choose righteousness and righteous living, Lord. Lord, your spirit in us may change our hearts that we would be like you, Lord Jesus. You hated what was unrighteousness and you loved, you, you loved righteousness and you hated wickedness. Change the affections of our hearts, Lord. Lord, would you give us power to overcome our flesh? Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you give us power to overcome our weakness and our old ways of thinking and our old habits and to put on Christ and things that will bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.